The following program, the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Accident Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Accident Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Accunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian Wickert and Tim Holtman. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Brian Wickert, licensed real estate broker with Accunet Realty Advisors and the majority owner of Accunet Mortgage, along with my son-in-law, Tim Holtman who is one of our awesome senior loan consultants. If you got a question or a comment today, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Remember, you can also grab a podcast of today's show wherever you normally get your podcast. So uh, unlike last week, when uh, David and I were sharing the message that uh, mm, rates kind of are going the wrong way. Yikes, yeah. What happened this last week? Had a nice bounce back week. Uh, it's always good to see uh, consecutive days of rate improvement. It's a rare bird <laughs> in this past year, but we got uh, we got some good news this past week for sure. And what was the good news, Mr. Holden? We had rate improvement, uh, and I think you're going to give us some data here regarding the consumer price index summary, but I think... Uh, just looking at it from a loan consultant level, it almost erased all of the previous week's uh, worsening Badness. pricing. Yeah that's, yeah, that's correct. Got us back to a baseline. So what happened was uh, last week, the jobs report uh, actually was a private payroll report on Thursday. It gave the market, uh, mm, what do you want to call it, the jitter? No, worse than the jitters. Yeah, worse than what's worse than the jitters? Some, uh, 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 a um, conniption. Yeah, mild panic attack. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so rates went up because a strong economy is the enemy of interest rates. Right. And so there are two things that uh, go into that. Uh, one is jobs, right? So yep. the more jobs you make, the more money is getting yeah, spent, the stronger the economy is, increases yeah. demand. And so that was the fear. Uh, and then the other thing is what are the, the prices doing? And that's right. really, folks, we've said it a number of times that it bears repeating. The Federal Reserve is going to raise rates another quarter percent at the end of the month, even though we just got a much milder than expected reading on inflation. Mm -hmm. Inflation is a problem for interest rates because it eats away at that long-term return. It's not right. good for the economy. The Federal Reserve wants to see uh, inflation get back down to about 2%. Right. All right. So that we got the latest report from uh, June, and that came out on Wednesday of this last week. And our government said, hey, you know what? The prices of everything uh, went up at a very lower than expected Hmm, where's right. my number? So here? they still went up, but just less than expected. At just three percent. Yeah. Oh, a year ago, this time it was nine point one percent. Whoa. Okay. So if you take a look at all the goods and services that people spend money on in June, prices only went up three percent year over year. Now here's the weird thing: if you ask a thousand people what's what's driving prices, do you have an opinion on what people say? Uh, they would just throw out inflation as sort of the blanket term of like, oh, everything's more expensive now, inflation. But I hear grocery store. Oh, oh God. Have sure. you been to the grocery store lately? Yeah, yeah. Cost of food. Yeah. Okay. So so check this out. So the inflation rate year over year was only 3%, and that includes the price of food, okay. which, by the way, food was up itself 5.7% right. year so, over year. So higher than overall. Higher than yeah. the rest of the goods. But when you strip out the food and energy, mm -hmm. inflation went up 48 
What? Interesting. So what's really happening here under the uh, covers is that the cost of energy has dropped almost 17% oh, year nice. over year. Okay. So, so that's, that's balancing out the yeah, overall yeah, equation. Yeah. So okay. that, that, that's the reason for the uh, drop back towards what we're trying to get to, which is 2%. So right. bottom line is we get this good inflation report, lower than expected, mm-hmm. and so interest rates go down right. and stocks go up mm-hmm. all at the same time. All right, because now the current thinking is, hey, you know what? Maybe the Fed's only got to do one more rate increase, and they don't have to do any after that. And I think it bears mentioning, too, Brian, that the Fed, the next Fed rate hike is already baked into current mortgage rate pricing. I know you've mentioned this a bunch of times, but again, it bears repeating. I, I, I still have customers call me the day after the Fed announcement. They're like, oh, my goodness, did rates just go up another quarter percent? The answer is no, thankfully. It is already baked into the cake, as I've heard David say on this radio show many times. Uh, So essentially, mortgage rates are not going to be influenced by the rate hike once it becomes official because it's already expected that it's going to happen. Here's a little nerd out. We then got another report late last week on the producer price index. Mm -hmm. So that's like inflation at the wholesale level, not at the consumer level. Sure. And that was reported at 24 Oh, so again, you know, not too shabby. Yeah, right. Because that precedes the thinking is that it precedes the markup of the (laughs) consumer. The wholesale inflation precedes the retail inflation. All right. So what did that do to interest rates? Well, at the close of business on Friday on a $250,000 mortgage amount uh, with 25% down on the median sales price for June of $340,000. Sure. A low overhead Acunet could deliver a 6.99 interest rate with an APR of only 7.04%, which means okay. the closing costs Not are too bad. Yeah. very reasonable. Now, let me let me ask you this question. Maybe I'll, I'll pose the question you answer when we come back. <laughs> All right. Do home buyers who are actively shopping care whether, you know, the rates was a quarter percent last week uh, versus this week? We're going to answer that question when we come back. Sounds good. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. We're back. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder. That's my younger, taller, more handsome son-in-law, uh, Tim Holdman, across the desk there. Good morning. Uh, Tim, how much taller are you than David? Uh, well, I'm 6'3". How tall is David? I think he claims to be 6 feet, so 3 inches okay. tall. 3 inches. I, equally. I've, equally I've, I've stood next to him. I think he's 6 feet. That's okay. probably not uh, hyperbole. I always wanted to be 6 feet tall, but that ain't going to happen. I'm running out of hope here. At I think at this, at this point, you only just gra- gradually a little bit shorter. Uh, yeah, shorter <laughs> and gr- wider. Yeah. Okay, anyway, we're talking about how we got a, a good inflation reading uh, on two fronts, the producer price index at the wholesale level and consumer price index. That helped interest rates come back down after an ugly week week before we're sitting at about 6.99 percent on a 30-year fixed rate with 25 percent down and all the other right stuff and the apr 7.02 so let's say that rates got a quarter percent better over the last week roughly uh or another way to say that is hey closing came closing costs came down by a full percent or mm-hmm. $2,500 if you wanted to snag the same rate. How is that impacting actual home buyer behavior, <laughs> Tim Holdman, frontline man? So it's interesting because it really depends on, I think, the seriousness level of the person I'm talking to. And what I mean by that is, is that if you woke up in 2023 and decided, I want to buy a house, a quarter percent rate 
is not going to deter you at all, especially if you take the time to call me or one of our other senior loan consultants in Acunet Mortgage. And the reason is, is we can not only tell you the math, but we can show you in real time together if you're in front of a computer. But in your examples that you've been using for rate quotes, Brian, on this size of a loan, $250,000, a quarter percent difference in rate is equivalent to a $43 a month difference in the monthly payment. So it should not sway too many people in in real life is $43 more per month factored into your budget. Is that going to ruin your budget or not? And the the answer for most folks is no, it's not. Not not if you're qualified to, you know, borrow $250,000. It's not going to matter. Now, I I talked to a new client, a referral from an existing client. Okay. And he happens to be a real estate attorney. Oh, nice. uh, This fellow. And, and, you know, I think he's in his 50s. So this isn't his first rodeo. Sure. And his perspective was refreshing. Now, and by the way, not closing until October. Okay. Right. And so he's like, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter to me what rates are. And he's selling one home. And uh, probably giving up a, a good rate on probably, that house. Yeah, ex- yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but then buying another home, buying up actually. Okay. And and so he he doesn't care what the rate is because he understands yeah, that he's been around the block a couple times. Right. Yeah. He even made the comment historically. You know, when you're old enough, you say things like, <laughs> "Well, when I got my first mortgage, the rate was thirteen percent. I would have killed for a nine percent rate." Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, but but it's all contextual because last week, as David and I were talking uh, in a conversation that I had with. Uh, attorney and and real estate broker pat mcmahon there are some buyers that are capitulating yeah which is a very fancy term for throwing in the towel yeah as they've kind of been through this spring offering cycle with no success and then we had this sort of relentless increasing of rates it's it's a combination of factors really i don't think it's even just rates it's it's rate combined with the fatigue of you know, low inventory and really high competition, you know, maybe not really finding the house you want anyways and trying to beat out 20 other people. You know, the the high rates is just one of those things that I think all culminates together for some people dropping out of the, the, the last of the draw, race, if yeah. you will. Like, you yeah, know, what? the, the straw gonna, that broke the camel. I'm going to hang it up. Yeah, but I'd say for anyone who is truly worried about rates and maybe just doesn't know what to believe because there's tons of news out there and, you you know, depending on where you get your news sources, who knows what how up to date. Yeah. Right. Just call us, and we'll give you some examples. We don't even need to gather any of your personal information yeah. to do that, and it'll help give you make you uh, an informed decision on do you even want to be house hunting right now. So uh, this fellow that I'm talking about who um, it has this long close, he sold and bought. So he bought the house, and then he got an accepted offer on his house okay. without the use of any real estate professionals. Hmm. Oh, yeah, he's a real estate attorney. So. Well, yeah, he's a real estate attorney. And so I said, well, how did you market your existing home? Which he sold for a pretty penny, um, kind of in the upper fives, low okay. sixes. Are you ready for this? Facebook Marketplace. Oh, yeah. Well, Honestly, I'm not terribly surprised by that. <laughs> and then, and just kind of going out to his network of people that he knows. Sure. Um and and so it, it turns out that it's going to be like his second cousin or something like that who, okay. who ends up buying the property Interesting. Uh, from him. And then I forget, oh, I think he just knew the people, you know, next door to the folks of the house he's buying. So word of mouth. And, yeah. and, and so while it's kind of fun to get your house out there and get all these multiple offers mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where it's like, ooh, let's see how pretty I am. There is this certain um, cohort, a group of sellers that would just as soon avoid all that 
kerfuffle. Yeah, I would say overall, I've noticed an increase in for sale by owner transactions. Oh, really? Personally, Here, okay. Yeah, just in, among my own client base, I'm facilitating more of those than I was maybe a couple years ago. That's interesting. Well, that certainly sidesteps the entire uh, competitive offer thing right. in a lot of cases. Right. Although in this particular case, they did have a couple of people uh, bidding within their own little Facebook uh, I believe uh, it. marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hopefully private DMs, not public. <laughs> correct. Correct. So I think so. Anyway, anyway, uh, let's talk a little bit about the economics of, of selling your home. Just a little refresher on that. Yeah. And then I'm sure you've got some other good stories to talk about Absolutely. when we come back. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Weckert on WTMJ. We're back, and thanks again for tuning in to this Sunday's edition of the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show. You know, in this kind of hot market, Tim, where there are too few homes for sale, uh, and we are just talking in the previous segment, you're, see- segment, you're seeing an uptick in the number of for sale by owner transactions. Yeah. Um, it is tempting to think, you know what, maybe I don't need to hire a real estate broker. Mm-hmm. And so let's just talk about the economics of, of uh, listing your house yeah. for sale. Which way should you go? That's yeah. right. So there are uh, limited service uh, real estate brokers out there. Right. Well, they'll just get you on the- uh, Multiple it, listing service. Yep, yep. The information highway, the multiple listing service for a modest flat fee, let's say $500. But then you still need to offer any real estate agent or broker, and it really goes to the broker first and then- yeah. And then the, the broker agent gets there, yeah, yeah pays yep. the agent. Um, the the common uh, buyer's agent uh, or cooperation fee in the Milwaukee area is two point four percent. Two point four, right? So, so you're really you, just saving three point six. Well, or or yeah. maybe less. Yeah. Or yeah, because there is no standard listing percentage. You know, I hear a oh, lot of ads out there talking about six percent. Uh, there, that would be collusion. And right. so there is no like standard uh, rate. I'd say that the going rate or what, what I've experienced is anywhere between four and a half and six percent. Sure. Where I do think we see more high-end properties uh, enjoying lower listing commissions. Yeah. And remember Which all that sense. all that money, what, let, let's say you listed a house for 300,000 at, uh, at a 5% listing fee. Right. That 15 grand goes to the listing broker. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 40% of that, goes to whatever agent finds the buyer. Right. So what is that? 40% of 15, six grand? Yeah. Okay. So so you, you kind of got to offer that uh, reward if you're going to go out there on the MLS. Well, for sure. You, yeah. And I, I, th- I think personally, though, the real value of a listing agent and broker in today's market is helping you properly price the home. Absolutely. Be- yeah. Be- because if you go out too high, and we've talked about this in the last couple of shows, you're kind of spoiled goods if you don't get that offer in the first yeah. week or so. People are going to look at it as like, ooh, ooh what's wrong, what's with, wrong that? with that place? Yeah. And, and so coming out at the Goldilocks price, the just right is uh, yeah, it's important. really important. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of people are also afraid. Uh, they're unfamiliar. I mean, it's it's a 12-page contract, you yeah. know, and then plus, oh, do I use addendum A? And oh, so, yeah. It's like, or how do you even... Uh, know what is a good offer and what's a not so great offer aside from the price obviously there's a lot of other things that go into the wb11 that can make it an appealing offer to the sellers or a not appealing offer to the sellers correct if you don't have someone in your over your shoulder helping you with all that how would you know i was talking with a a broker earlier this week about that very thing about uh because he was about to list his mother-in-law's condo and i said all right so let's play the what if game you know 
uh, let's say you got five offers. What's your criteria? Yeah. Uh, for What's going through those offers, for the, well, the says, best stuff. of course, cash offers are always the of most attractive because then, but but it's only if that cash offer comes through also with no appraisal contingency, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and then well, what about the inspection contingency on a condo? You don't have to worry about that as much as let's say on a hundred year old home. True. Yeah. Um, but but then it, it, his next thing, believe it or not, was. I go through with the seller, and I really don't want to see a pre-approval letter from a large bank. Smart, uh, smart uh, realtor right there, right. for sure. And in fact, there, I want to. He has his list of lenders that he's had problems with. Sure. In terms of you know getting deals done in a timely manner, dropping the ball, this sort of thing. Some of whom are local, and, and so. Luckily, we're on his list of, oh, I feel very relieved when I see a Acunet mortgage rock solid pre-approval. So Good. where you get your pre-approval, ladies and gentlemen, it uh, matters. can matter. Or yeah. We think it should matter. Then we're also talking about a lot of competitor pre-approvals that we see are not very good. They don't even show what the interest rate is. They'll oftentimes just say, this person's pre-approved for a $250,000 30-year yeah. fixed rate mortgage. Doesn't show a monthly payment. Doesn't show a rate. It doesn't show anything. Diddly. Yeah. So, um, you know, what, what our rock solid pre-approval letters do, and we think this is vitally important, is we articulate, hey, here is the interest rate at which you are qualified. Why is that important? It's in the offer to purchase. Right. The offer to purchase says, I'll buy your home as long as I can get a loan amount of this dollar amount at this interest rate. Well, your pre-approval letter better uh, match up with that or Absolutely. have a higher rate than what's in the offer to exactly. show you can actually get pre-approved. Yeah. That also goes to the down payment. We're telling people we have verified the down payment yeah. that this homeowner is or shopper is about to make. Mm -hmm. We've also verified their income. Right. Most, the I don't know what percentage, but a high percentage of oh. pre-approvals don't say any of that. And even if the other pre-approvals do uh, verify those details, I bet you they don't have a money guarantee like ours do. Where we raise our hand and we say, hey, we're so confident that we didn't mess up or make a mistake that if we did and it jeopardizes our ability to get them a mortgage we will pay out $2,000. And you know the, the, the borrower can choose to take a grand and give a grand to the seller, or what I'm seeing more commonly now is they just choose to give all two grand to okay. the seller, right. just as like an extra like, hey, I'm raising my hand and saying, hey, worst case, if this falls apart, you're going to walk away with a check for two grand, and then you'll go out and find another buyer anyways. That, that's right. Um, and how many of those have we issued? One. Uh, one. In how In many five, years? Um, how 2015, many? eight years. Yeah, so, so we're we easily do it. over a thousand rock solid pre approvals. Oh, oh, couple thousand, yeah. Tim, please. Yeah. <laughs> but we're we're, we're um, serious about it. All right. When we come back, though, let's talk about that down payment portion yeah. of the offer That's and the use of, of the trade there. gifts. Yeah. The use of gifts. Right now, it's time, however, to turn it over to the twenty four hour news desk and Jessica Gatso. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And we're back. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder and the majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage, along with my son-in-law, Tim Holman, sitting in for David today. Good morning, He's Brian. Taking a weekend off. And uh, so I was telling about uh, a conversation I had with a, a listing broker about how he evaluates uh, offers to purchase as he coaches his seller. And of course, cash is is attractive, but not always, right? It, it depends on what else is in that cash offer. Right. And he says it really depends on what the um, offers with financing have for a pre-approval letter. All right. So now let's get down to the business of down payment, the yeah. amount of the down payment. You've got a story from just this last week that you want to share. Yeah. So this was a customer that came to us, uh, referred from a financial advisor that we that we both know. 
and um, went through the pre-approval process with them, and they're first-time home buyers, and okay. you know, we're going to get a small gift from their dad, but had enough saved up where they were really comfortable putting five percent down. Okay, five percent, which is still above the minimum of three percent down for a first-time home buyer. But um, I, I told him like, hey, that's totally fine. We I already verified that we could get the loan through, no problems, approved with five percent down. But I said. Do you have access to any other funds? Because something that really helps is, and I think your your real estate agent that you were talking to would attest to this, sellers like the look of a pre-approval with a more substantial down payment. Sure. You know, 20%, 25%, something like that. Uh, and he's like, ah, no, I don't, I don't really have any other uh, funds that I can point to. Because they're young. They don't have like a big IRA or a right. 401k or something like that. Exactly. So I said, okay, well, here's an idea. Is your dad willing to just for the purposes of the pre-approval, sign a gift letter for a higher amount, knowing full well that when the rubber hits the road, you know, they don't have to give you all that if they choose not to. We know we can approve the loan with a smaller gift amount. And he said, oh, let me let me talk to my dad and, and figure that out. So turns out the dad was totally comfortable with that. And even as part of the rock solid pre-approval process, I sent them both a gift letter for that higher amount. They both signed it. Okay, so we know it's legit. We so, are yeah. we're doing our job on the rock solid yeah. plan, and we have verified that these funds would be available. Exactly. Yep. And so they we presented a rock solid pre-approval with twenty percent down and got their offer accepted. That is, you know, because folks, if if you're the seller and you're sitting there and you have two, let's just pretend they're identical in every other way. Except yeah. one has a 5% down payment and the other one has a 20% down payment. Even if you can't articulate why in your <laughs> mind, uh, you're probably going to go with a bigger down payment. Yeah. And and this whole thing goes to the idea of, well, cash is best. That's a 100% down payment. Right. You know? Exactly. And and the psychological, even though even if you cannot articulate it, what you're thinking to yourself is this home buyer has the financial resources to overcome problems. Exactly. Right. And, and the, the whoever the listing realtor is, they are going to be advising that to the seller themselves. Like, hey, this is a stronger pre-approval. It's a stronger offer. Uh, and the way I describe it to my buyers is like, listen, we've already shown you that you can still get your mortgage approved at a lower down payment. So at the end of the day, once your offer is accepted, the seller is not going to know or care if 20% of the purchase price comes from you and 80% comes from me as the mortgage guy, right. or if 5% comes from you and 95% comes from me as the mortgage guy, it's going to add up to the same dollar amount, the same proceeds to the seller. This is an extension of the concept that is already embedded in the Wisconsin WB11 residential offer to purchase, right. which is that a cash buyer, the person putting 100% down, can still go out and get a mortgage. Absolutely. Okay. And, and they do. And that's a lot of the time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've done that a couple times. Yeah. Um, and, and so th that is perfectly legitimate. It's embedded in the language. Yeah, it, there's there's stuff, nothing shady about that right. whatsoever. It says, hey, the seller's going to cooperate and let the appraiser in if, if, the, yeah. if he chooses to get a mortgage. So this idea of legitimately verifying. And yeah. I wonder if there are lenders out there that don't oh, verify, who well, just kind of BS or maybe don't or bother don't, to ask. They don't even think about this. I have another example that I'll show really quickly of another customer I talked to just yesterday. We're at the very beginning stages of uh, the pre-approval, uh, and he's talking to a couple other lenders, and he specifically mentioned, I, I went through this concept with him, and he's like, oh, none of those other mortgage guys even discussed that this is a possibility because 
similar to our first example, they only had enough in their bank accounts for 5% down. Okay. But this gentleman, instead of the no gift money is really involved in this one, but he has an IRA with $50,000 in it. Ooh. And I said, hey, and he, he, he volunteered that information. He brought it up because he didn't know what I'd be asking about. I said, hey, that's great. I probably wouldn't recommend you actually use that for your down payment. Keep on saving that for retirement. But let's get the statements to verify you have the ability to draw on it if you needed to. And we'll show that on the pre-approval as a larger down payment. What kind of an IRA is it, Tim? That's a Roth personal IRA. So not through an employer. So not a 401k. That's, yeah, yeah, which so, is important. Yeah, because then it's personally controlled funds. It's not up to the employer. So to check decide. with your tax advisor. But I'm 99% certain he could tap that money mm. without incurring income tax. Right. Because it's a Roth IRA. He, yeah. Is he under 59 and a half? He is. Okay. So he would have to. I think he has to pay a penalty still of 10% if he were to actually access the money. But the mm-hmm. whole point is, yeah. let's paint the best picture yeah. that we possibly it, can. It's a uh, ridiculously easy thing to do in practice, and it can be the thing that makes the difference. You know, These are all about what are the little steps we can take to make our borrowers as strong as possible. No, no one thing might get them in the winner's yeah, circle. But, oh. But it's the combination of all different factors. I, I've got a story from uh, a senior loan consultant, Jaime Surro, that he shared oh. from the office this last week. Excellent. Uh, but then you've also got another gift-related story, talking about bolstering the down payment and issues yes. surrounding that. we got all that coming up right after this break. You're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on the biggest stick in the state, AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And we're back. Thanks again for tuning in to today's show. Tim, I mentioned before that last break that uh, I saw a senior loan consultant, Jaime Suro, who's been with the company, boy, I don't know how long, over 20 years, I bet. Nice. And he said, boy, do I have a story to, to share with you. And he's been working with a, a home buyer up uh, trying to buy a house in the Brown County area. Okay. Uh, Green Bay area, which is just as inventory starved as it is down here. And I believe so it. I think she's lost out on about three offers. And, and tell me if you share this experience. He went over all the tips and techniques that could be used. Sure. Yeah. And she didn't want to use them on the first couple. <laughs> uh, another one that we talked about is uh, that, that we haven't talked about specifically yet, but we're about to is appraisal wiggle room. Okay, sure. And so you want to explain that? Yeah. So basically with um, certain buyers, not all buyers, but, but a lot of them, but a lot, uh, certainly a lot of them, they can write into their contract that like, let's say they're offering 350 for a home. They'll guarantee to the sellers, oh, the home only needs to appraise for three twenty or above, and we'll still buy it for three fifty, right? So the sellers love that because they know the home doesn't have to appraise for what the full amount price is. But on the inside baseball, we can typically structure the deal where even if the appraisal does come in low, the buyer doesn't need to bring any additional funds to the closing table, which is the key thing that that's, our customers like to know. That's about. like crazy talk because yeah. 101% of buyers and real estate agents assume the only way to fix that issue Got to bring extra is to bring that extra money in. What, what, what do we do instead? Well, instead, we just lend a greater percentage of the home's value. When the value comes in low, we just bridged the gap by increasing what's called the loan-to-value ratio is the mortgagee's term okay. about it. Uh, and again, the, it, it works if the buyer already is planning to bring uh, something more than the minimum down payment to the closing table. So sure. it doesn't work for the 3% down folks, but uh, a lot of folks are bringing more than 5% it can work, sure. for, certainly for 10%. Absolutely. You know, what we're saying is, hey, like this person wrote their offer for 20% down. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And so, you know, what she happens to be offering... Uh, 
$25,000 of appraisal wiggle room, so a specific amount. Okay. Yep. And and this property happens to be in the low 400. So she's maybe offering five, a little about 5%, a little over 5% uh, on the appraisal wiggle room, which would mean we'd be lending her 85% of the yeah. of the property no value. No big deal at all. If if the appraisal worst case if it came in low but right at that uh, yeah. wiggle room gap, and they didn't want to bring any money extra to the closing table. A little bit of mortgage insurance is added onto the monthly payment, which, if their credit score is, which good, it is, you know, it probably equate on this loan size to what maybe thirty dollars a month, thirty five dollars a month. Uh, so, you know, way better than bringing twenty thousand dollars more to the closing table. Yeah, definitely in our opinion. So, in this particular case, after striking out, which I think we find this to be not uncommon. Yeah. People will say, you know what, I want to do it my way. I want to write with a regular appraisal contingency, which says, hey, I'll buy your house as long as it appraises out at the purchase price. Right. Then the next modification is, and if it comes in low, I'll let you, Mr. Seller, lower the price down to the appraised value. Mm. Yeah, that's the standard. That's the, uh, the next best thing. Yeah. But then what this uh, home shopper ended up doing is saying, hey, I'll still buy your house at the agreed upon price, even if it comes in twenty five grand shy. Yeah. Okay. Which most appraisals, if they come in low at all, are going to come in within that range. They're not going to come in egregiously low. I, I I believe the story is though that she is paying five oh fifty thousand dollars more. Okay. Than sure. asking. Than the list. Okay. Yeah. So she's kind of splitting the difference with them. She's saying, "I'll pay you fifty grand more." Right. Than you asked for, as long as it you know appraises out you know within at least yeah at least half of the, at least half of, of that distance above asking the offer yeah she did waive the home inspection contingency okay that's a big uh, one, yeah. which is yeah which is kind of you know that all depends on the house I guess yeah um, and and the I would say the comfort level of the buyer too and maybe how capable they feel they are about handling potential issues that's right yeah. um. And, and and I think, if I recall correctly, I, I don't think she really intends to put the whole 20% down, similar to your previous story. Sure. Yeah. Um, but she we verified the assets that she could. She could if she wanted yeah. to. Yeah. So so this is sometimes a learning process for, for buyers. But we are Definitely. here to, you know, some people get it on the first try. And like, yeah, you know what? I want to use all the tools in my toolkit to mm -hmm. get that offer accepted. Um yeah, others yeah, are a little slower to. We're not to here get there. To, to jam things down people's throats, no, but we just means. we yeah. show what's possible. Absolutely, and, and we and we quantify it because usually it's a lot less scary once we put the real numbers. Oh on. yeah, we don't want to put our buyers in a vulnerable or or bad position, anyways. Right, it's about striking that perfect balance between protecting them, but also making yourself competitive enough in this really tough market to hopefully win an offer. And by the way, this woman is ecstatic. That Boom. she got her offer accepted, which is a great feeling. Oh, it's the best. All right. You had mentioned to me before we started the show that uh, you've got some stories, or at least one, involving gifts, which is a great way to bolster one's down payment. Yes. And so we are going to talk about that and some of the common misunderstandings about gifts for home buying. When we come back, you're listening to the Academic Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Find a place to call home. Without the headache, this is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. I'm Brian Wickert, the elder here on the AccuNet Mortgage uh, team, here with my son-in-law, Tim Holman, today. How are you, Brian? Our senior loan consultant. Tim, gifts uh, for down payment have been made by parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles for as long as you can remember. But sometimes people get confused about how much they can give. What what story do you have to share? Right. If I was clever, I'd try to structure this like a game show or something, but I'm not going to do that. So I can tell you the the big common misunderstanding uh, amongst 
all everybody uh, buyers bo- parents yeah both gift donors and gift recipients is that uh they believe that a gift cannot be more than seventeen thousand dollars or, or thirty four thousand dollars if it's say two parents you know each of them giving a gift of seventeen thousand dollars in a year the reason that people believe this is that there is something called an annual gift tax exclusion or exemption amount yep which the IRS sets every year and they've slowly been increasing it over yeah. time which so makes this sense. year it's but this this year it's 17,000 and what this means is that if you give a gift of 17,000 or less in in any given year you don't even need to report it That's on right. your taxes it's like it never happened in the eyes of uncle sam and you you'd mentioned the hey what about two parents to a son and daughter-in-law then right then you could even double it up further which, which was is like four times 17 which is sixty eight thousand dollars without yeah. lifting a finger but right. but most a lot not most a lot of uh, parents grandparents and even the buyers think that oh if i if 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 i get 75 or if i give 75,000 or 100 some horrible tax is going to befall me right and and here's where the it's actually better than people assume if we uh, exceed that limit, so let's say over 74,000 or whatever let's say you're given 100,000 instead of 68,000 sure perfect well over the limit right Here's all that happens. You have to report it that it happened on your tax returns. There's a simple form for that. And all it does is it accounts against something called the lifetime gift tax exemption amount. What's that amount, Tim? Uh, basically about $13 million. It's a little bit less than $13 million. Oh, wait, that's per person. Yeah, per person. So you could even double that up with parents and, you know, child and child in law, right? Now, in all fairness, that is going to sunset in 2027. Okay. Okay. Back down to somewhere people think to the six and a half million dollar oh, range. Oh my goodness. Per person. Yeah. So it's not something that's ever for most people. It's not going to be an issue. If, if I call that good problems. If you have to worry about you know giving more than that away in your lifetime, you you got good since, problems. Since we're not licensed tax advisors or accountants, please do Google this on your own or yes. ask your tax advisor. Or better yet, please ask your tax advisor. Yeah. Because like, you know, we believe this is correct information, and. I think that it just blows people away that that's the only thing that's the only ramification that happens by yeah. exceeding the annual amount. It just it counts towards the lifetime gift tax, and it is literally called a gift tax exemption. Oh, correct. You are exempt from any tax up to, up to twelve point nine two million dollars. Yeah, this year. <laughs> so, uh, and there's just one form that your tax advisor has to fill out and yeah. file with your yeah. that year's tax return, so that the IRS can keep track of how close you're getting to that lifetime exemption. Exactly. All right. So. Didn't you have somebody who really dug in their heels on this and just refused to? Yes. Yes, they did. And I I even did a group call with the buyer and uh, the buyer's parents. And, you know, it's a delicate uh, balance, right? Because, A, we are not licensed gift uh, or we're not licensed tax advisors. And we're the first person to raise our hands and tell folks that. But, uh, you know, I I laid out the facts and uh, the, the buyer's parents were adamant that they were not going to give more than 17,000 from each of them to okay. to their son. And I said, "Hey, no problem. At the end of the day, the choice is yours. It's your money, obviously, that you're generously giving to your son for the purchase." And Oh, didn't they want or somebody else said, "Well, I want to make it a loan." Was that the yes, same? Yes, it was the same folks. So uh, personal loans are not an acceptable source of down payment in the eyes of the mortgage world. Right. 
And it's it's really that simple. Any any type of secured loan is an acceptable source of of down payment. But then that gums up it, but that gums up the pricing on the loan when you call it. A, if a parent said, "Hey, I want to give you a second mortgage," well, and yeah, and actually, I think uh, not to get too into the weeds, but we have another senior loan consultant in the office who is dealing with that very odd situation where uh-huh. their parents are loaning a large amount of money to their kids, but they're actually putting a lien on the property. Uh-huh. <laughs> For it, so that's a secured loan, but it, it does gum up the pricing because now there's a second lien on the property. All so right, maybe that's a, ne- a next week radio show. There you go. We'll pick that up next week, ladies and gentlemen. I know you know this. Mortgage lending and real estate is all about the details, and Indeed. we love the details of the mortgage lending. Let us be your trusted guide uh, to get you from being a home shopper to a homeowner. We love what we do, and we'd love to help you, your family, your friends get that done. That's all the time we have for today's show. You've been listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Accident Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed are solely that of the hosts and guests of Accident Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.